minus 40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast, the podcast where the topics have been varied because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus and Grady Lyman. Episode 118 of the Play It By Ear podcast. Brady, Brady Lyman is with us. I am. Hello, all. And I'm Eric Viscus. We are your hosts. Lucky you. Welcome to Fantasy Island. So there's there's a new Fantasy Island. Do you ever see it? Okay. I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a Fantasy Island fan from the 70s and 80s. I like this yeah. new new this new idea. This. Uh... I I have not watched it, <laughs> um, but I can only imagine. Because keep in mind, Fantasy Island was made in the 70s and the 80s, you know? So it was still playing by code. They couldn't get too vulgar or crass. I imagine that Fantasy Island, this new iteration, I can only... I'm only assuming that it's probably a little bit randy. Yes. You know what was frightening to me? Roddy McDowell is the devil. (laughs) Roddy McDowell is the devil. Um, and Rourke was God. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was um, it was definitely an unusual show. That, to be honest, I liked the opening sequence, but as a kid, I really didn't get it. I just knew I kind of wanted to, you know, be on the island. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of be in there for the beginning and have Hervé Vichy's, <laughs> yeah, the plane, the plane. So what about when they did they kick him off the show? Did he leave? And then they brought in uh, they brought in Mister Belvedere. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do not, because I would not have thought it was Mister Belvedere. Because it wasn't Mister Belvedere yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do understand. I mean, I know that they were kind of in a he Hervé Villachez was kind of in a bind because they did sign him to a short contract and ah. um <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys oh. <laughs> anyway moving on <laughs> hello savannah savannah is here maxwell's with us maxwell mrs wilson miss wilson i spoke Got to see Miss Wilson yesterday. 
So wonderful as always. I was trying to have her do, I hadn't ran this by her yet, but she is sponsoring drama club. So I was thinking maybe just maybe she could have them do the origin story of play it by ear on stage. (laughs) That would be interesting. Play it by ear. The musical. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. <laughs> All right. As I said, episode 118, if you've not been here before, me and my uh, compatriot, Mr. Liming, each have a topic that we bring to the table. Uh, do I do I even say that? I, I'm not even setting my 20-minute clock anymore. It's like I'm not even going to say it. We, we'll we'll just talk talk the topic until it's done. I mean, we, we, we will flog it until it has prone and can't be resuscitated. Exactly. All right. So we will go in the order in which we are on the screen. Brady will go first. I will go second. Uh, who's going to play Buttle the Cat? I don't know. Now that would be a who would play Buttle the Cat and play it by ear the musical. <laughs> Depends on the day, Maxwell. I uh, I would I would choose the actor or actress to play Buttle, and it would just depend on the day. Cat turd. We'll play Buttle the Cat. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. oh, the Twitter person. Yeah, the Twitter person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to school with anybody named Cat Turd. What are you talking the, about? The Twitter P, uh, feline. What was this? You got in trouble for watching the podcast during class? Come on. <laughs> now, Maxwell, we can't be having that happen. Wait, yeah. <laughs> We can't condone this not paying attention in class stuff. Yes. We we would not be worth our sodium chloride. On top of the fact, I'm sure your ELA teacher would not find us grammatically correct in the least. So that's probably a bad thing, too. All right. Uh, fix that. Fix that, <laughs> Maxwell. Fix that. All right. So, again, Brady has a topic. I have a topic. Brady goes first. Remember, before we start... Visit our website, www.playbyyourpodcast.com. We will discuss said website here again shortly. Brady, we were uh, we were discussing a few uh, choices in topics. Yes, we were. And you said you were going to think about it during the uh, during the theme and the countdown and our opening. So, what did you arrive at? Um, so if this was um, played by ear the musical inspiration do I seek but I'll start singing the dialogue <laughs> Miss Wilson I hope you're writing this down um no I'm sorry so um after some much back and forth much back and forth I have decided to go with um, the music route and we are going to do this is from what's the name of this website oh um domesticated companion which sounds like an insult <laughs> so I is say that... put that away domesticated companion see how that goes over <laughs> see what gets thrown at you after you say I that. will be the feral companion thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> or or is yeah. it in or or is it in uh, regard to an animal 
It's a, the, the animals can be domesticated, right? That that is true. That is true. Hey, it could be a pet site. That's why you get paid the big bucks, Eric. But anyway, my topic after we get thank you, domesticatedcompanion.com for their list. Turn it down, please. Here are the most annoying pop songs ever. Now, we have done in the past um where your humble hosts, uh, Eric and Todd and I, we, we talked about like the music, what music would be on a loop if we were in hell. And we yes. did personal, you know, songs and dislikes and quirks about our music taste. But um, this one is uh, from a list because I kind of wanted other people's opinion because sometimes my music taste and sure as heck Eric's music taste doesn't exactly jibe with the status quo. That's a fact. <laughs> to me, music is like fine wine. It has to age about 25 years before it's any good. But yeah. continue. Um, so anyway, I, I do have to respond to Miss Wilson. She said, <laughs> will we do a cameo in the musical? Well, I will tell you who I will be and play it by ear in the musical. So when I'm sitting there singing about if I'm in class and I'm thinking out loud to myself what the topic is going to be, I will play Maxwell, who is listening to our podcast in language in arts class. in class. So, so th- th- that begs a question. Now we're going off on a, a lupine diversion Us? here. No. So, uh, Miss M- Wilson, you were an English language arts teacher. What if someone were listening to a an outstanding podcast such as this one during your class? <laughs> would you would you write that said student up? Or would you commend said student for having great taste? Or both. <laughs> or for Which I've, kinda, I've been there in that situation before. Yeah. You can't say that, but it was hilarious. <laughs> Appreciate your ta- your taste, but you can't be off task. Sort of thing. Right. All right. Continue. Uh, okay. So meanwhile, back to the um, most annoying pop songs ever. Says so there's a fine line between catchy and timeless, and you know how it goes. And some of these, to be honest, we have spoken of before. Okay, hold on, yes. let me get my microphone. Let, there we go. So, um, the first one is going to start off with before I tell you the title of the song was going to be the biggest duo ever. Forget Holland, forget Oates. The the you know forget um Holland. all the did you, did you say Holland forget Holland, Holland Oats. Oats. <laughs> my favorite always sunny in Philadelphia line <laughs> yeah I like that guy Holland Oats <laughs> anyway I laughed twenty minutes when that happened but we are talking about the Proclaimers yes. they were going to set the world on fire these Scottish brothers and of course their song is fi- I would I'm gonna be and in parenthesis. 500 miles. I would walk 500 miles. Yeah. Which is a catchy song. Catchy song. Um, In the band, I played this song for probably 17 of the 18 years that we existed. So it's not as bad as I love rock and roll where I want to never hear it again. But, you know, it's a little bit more fun to play. But it's one of those songs. But a lot of people find it annoying. Imagine that. I, I could see that. I, I mean, can see that. 
It's kind of making sure to bounce in March. Oh yeah, see that that that's my problem. Whenever the song comes on, it's not the music. I immediately go into body gyrations that I can't control because I want to do the you know second grade. We are marching to Pretoria march. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it I, I I will grant them that it might be a little bit annoying. So uh, to to you. I mean, do, do you think it's annoying? But I mean, what would it? What would be annoying about it to you? I think that if it was on Looper, you heard it a lot. You know, just the herky jerky and the and I think you would find your speech patterns in your walking syncing up with the music. Could you please put this? In the, could you please put the cup? bigger and it would you know it would like bleed into what you were doing so right okay so question then is the song more annoying if you have to watch the video as well sometimes depending on the song it, being an mtv you're a kid sometimes that's what pops into my head first i like i don't only hear it but i see it right so because, because i mean let's face it these two guys i mean they were they were bespectacled they were not. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they were not your uh, your attractive boy band material. Let's just put it that way. Speak for uh, yourself, as I sit here in spectacles, uh, and you too. Me too. But I mean, <laughs> I know, I know and, what and, I'm getting. And you know, if I were on a music video, I would say, well, you know, I'm getting contacts for the day. I think that was part of their shtick, part of their brand, right? But um. <laughs> this next song on the list has a little bit of Brady trivia involved where it is the first song I ever karaoke in public. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a song by Barry Manilow, Copacabana. <laughs> if you can see me, her name is Lola. She was a showgirl. Yeah. So, um, it, it, okay, it says it's one of those catchy cabaret songs that the 70s could not do without. But while undeniably popular, Barry Manilow's, I love his quote, schmaltzy quality. Oh, it is, <laughs> it is rife with schmaltz. I, there is right. no denying that. But what, what Barry Manilow's song isn't ripe with schmaltz? Um, I'm trying to think. What is the most? I, I always found that I write the songs kind of pretentious. Yeah, I write the songs that make the whole world. World, sing. yeah, there like no, there is no one that doesn't sing my song. That is yes, a bit pretentious. Yeah, the, it was a bit much, but um, I always liked Mandy. It's about a dog. Mandy what? Is a dog. Mandy is about a dog. You never heard? Get that? out. Yes, Mandy is about a dog. Well, aren't you the Manaluni that knows all? Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> this next <laughs> what? A man a loony. <laughs> never heard that before. You never heard him call it like you've had you have deadheads, yeah, and you right. have man a loonies. I, I've never heard that before. Yeah, about that. So um, our earbuds are are like man a loonies. Okay, so this next song. <laughs> It is um, from that bizarro techno pop wizards, the rednecks with an X, Cotton Eyed Joseph. 
<laughs> um, now, you know, where do you come from? Where do you go? Yeah. And then there's the, the line dance, which nullifies it. Um, I, I, I will not do any song, dance to any song that tells me what to do. Well, I don't. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't think Cotton Eye Joe ever tells you directions. It's no, just it per, it's pondering the person. Why is he going and whence he came? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and Those would be uh, much better lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> cue the cue the strings. <laughs> Joseph, where has he vanquished and whence he came? <laughs> that fiber optic Joseph. Um. Anyway, so um. But the thing I'm laughing about, Eric, you and I were treated to knowing Cotton Eye Joe before it was the techno version, because our friend Doug had a 45 <laughs> vinyl of Cotton Eye Joe. That is correct. So when, so let me say that that is the only version I knew, and when I had some wee students say. Hey, can we put on Cotton Eye Joe? And I'm like horrified <laughs> because the version the version that we heard was a square dancey kind of thing, right? And the where did he come from? All that kind of stuff didn't exist. And apologies, I have to say it. And the lyrics were, "What's that smell?" And then the crowd would yell, "Bovine feces." <laughs> So, but not, but not bo bovine feces. Yeah. So, what's that smell? Bowls and pile. What? Bowls. All the hell you see. But anyway, that, and I thought the kids were going to, you know, as soon as I put that on, they'd be screaming about bovine feces. <laughs> and, but no, it's this where did it come from? Where did it go? <laughs> and then we not only wonder whence he came, but his mar marital status. Oh, but so I got I got a few comments here. Oh yeah. All right, uh, Miss Wilson, you make me think of Devo with their flower pot hats. Indeed. Oh, Devo is awesome. From Akron, Ohio. <laughs> Mark Mother's Ball. Mother's Ball from Akron, Ohio. Yep. Uh, Miss Wilson. By the way, Barry didn't actually write that song. Get out. So how how That's much more, How much more pretentious is that? <laughs> He wrote the song. <laughs> or, that guy wrote the yes. song. All right. I like so, Maxwell. Max said, Joseph, Joseph of Cotton. <laughs> Maxwell is one of us. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Poor oh. kid. Poor kid. Poor kid. All right. Continue. All right. The next one, talk about Lilji. The 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 lover from Scotland or what excuse me, Wales. Wales. Tom Jones with what's new, pussycat? <laughs> what's new? You know, and um, now it's just, you know, if you know anything about Tom Jones, he was famous for his tightly quaffed net fro. Correct. And um, the tightest possible double knit slacks that a man could wear basically displays all of Tom's as Jones and um it, it, and he was known for you know being able to shake his posterior 
Tom's John Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but but like actually, we reference Ricky Cobb in the um seventy Super Seventy Sports. Um, there is this uh, photo of Tom Jones. You'll have to Google it, and he's like, <laughs> "I've come <laughs> to dress like a Civil War general and and woo ladies." <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was this ridiculous get up. So it looked like general. He looked like General Lee from the waist up and Paul Stanley from Kiss from the waist down. Like these painted on leggings. Anyway, so are, are you are you bouncing around this list? A little bit. A little bit. I'm doing some greatest hits. Then I'll go hit the second layer. There's a method to my madness. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Um, <laughs> in one of the songs, all oh, this one's very annoying. Okay, I can relate. Believe by Tur, otherwise known as Cher. Um, but Believe is one of the songs. It was a huge single in 1999. And one of the first songs to feature auto-tune on steroids as a vocal effect. Yes. It's like, you know, where Cher's like, it's one take. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> do you believe in you know, and uh, <laughs> things going on. So, um, that was pretty annoying. Uh, South Park made some pretty <laughs> good fun <laughs> to that song. Um, <laughs> We need to do that in our opening uh, play about you. <laughs> um, okay, so from Cher, it was pretty much overkill. This next song, we talked about a great length, but um, th this always gets on not only a one-hit wonder list, but most annoying song list, right. and it is the Baja Men. Who unleashed those canines? Who let the dogs out? Mm -hmm. And um, it, it yeah, that it was catchy for a few seconds, yes. but wow, what a thin bit of gruel to make a meal out of! Like what? There's not much there. There, you know what I mean? Correct. As a guy who likes some you know, cheesy pop songs, but that th that was just a, you know, shouting and a catchy, you know, drum loop. So the song was not about letting dogs out. No, it was about, wasn't it about females? They found less than attractive on the dance floor. I believe so. Yes. That's offensive. <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> It's unreal. <laughs> wow. Um, all right. This one, uh, I feel a little bit embarrassed for saying I liked the song the first time I heard it. And then really one listen sent it to annoying. And it's not fair because it's a well-written song. But James Blunt's You're Beautiful. You're beautiful. There was, it, it was a raw, honest song, wonderfully, like the lyrics and everything, 
But um, and people kind of get annoyed. And plus, he was an earnest-looking fellow in the video, and you know, it just put out something. But you know, its initial earnestness kind of turned into annoying. And um, so so yeah. So did did you did you read the whole like the whole write-up about the song about what it's actually about? Well, tell us, Eric. According to Blunt, it's about a guy on a subway stalking someone else's girlfriend. Yeah. That would make it so, seem so not exactly, like a totally different video. Yeah, not, not exactly earnest there. Well, maybe eerily earnest. Well, yeah. But certainly, <laughs> certainly not uh, innocent romance. Well, what what is the cap on... The use of the word earnest in 2022. <laughs> no cap. Yeah, I, we brought it back. Okay. Now, this is for our older listeners. And um, I remember because I was a wee lad of about five, six tops when this was out. And this is Rick Dees and his cast of idiots. That's the name of the band. And it was okay. Disco Duck, a novelty okay. song. And I think the song went, it was number one, wasn't it? I think it was. It was the novelty song that took off. And um, it, his parody song, um, you know, it, he just, it, it lasted for an entire week. It was a disco ditty. And, um, but yeah, it, it, it actually made it. It started out as a joke and a novelty. Yeah. But um, now see, I always get confused. And Eric, I know you had this on LP record, but I have a hard time reading Disco Duck. But all I can think of is Macho Macho Duck, Macho yes. the the Disney disco thing yeah. that you had. It was yes, yeah. That was the the Disney parody. Well, I don't know if you call them parodies or kid versions of. That was kind of the kid version of Disco Duck, and. Uh, I mean, there were some other different songs on that on that album. I, I didn't thought I had thought of that album in probably forty years, and then you brought it up. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I, I just because that's what I always think of. But um, but anyway, yeah, Disco Doc. I, it it certainly is annoying because a I I have about a thirty second shelf life with disco songs. Yeah, and then when you add the novelty factor to it, it, mm -hmm. it gets yeah, I get it. All right, so uh, before you go on, I got uh, three Miss Wilson comments here. Uh, she says, Tom Jones had a great voice. Apparently, Tom Jones had some other powers, too. The Welsh wooer. <laughs> certain, uh, certain garments always ended up on stage, apparently, in Tom Jones shows. Certain, uh, certain garments worn by females <laughs> ended up on stage. Uh <laughs> Uh, Miss Wilson, I always think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer's demon roommate who had chairs believe on repeat, so apparently the demons enjoyed it. <laughs> True. That would make sense. Uh, she also says, I hated your beautiful, and one of my students used to sing it to me whenever he saw me, be it in the classroom, the hallway, or whatever. <laughs> be, it would, did he sing it to you because he knew you hated it, or is there some other motive there? Um. Yeah. Both, both annoying tunes, which... This next one, <laughs> I'm ready to guffaw. 
Okay, so this isn't fair, and I think it's trendy. But this song is Photograph by Nickelback. Nick, Nickelback is a very polarizing band. The People, the intelligentsia, and the um, elites of music, the gatekeepers, like to suce upon them a little bit. Yes. Because I mean the 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 album the photograph came off of was an immense I mean for gosh sakes that's one reason why people got tired of Nickelback because that album was so successful. Right. I'm going to compare it to Hysteria from Def Leppard. Once you ran through where six of the ten songs on the darn CD were on constant rotation, people got a little burned out on him. But Nickelback yeah. is one of those bands. Right. Which actually, the first line of this description says there's a reason why Nickelback earned the title as our ear's worst band in the world. Oh. Gruff lyrics and uh, requisite electric guitars. Like, that's a bad thing. But they had to, it was hard to listen past Chad Kroger, the lead singer's growing vocal style. Now, I will say, (laughs) one of the top three hardest laughters I've ever had when I was by myself that involved no one else was um, it, it was everybody else was asleep and I was going through Twitter and this guy is singing the tune to photograph to his cat. And the lyrics were, look at this effing cat. It's a bright orange piece of crap. It gives a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny. You'll have to Google it because when he's singing and strumming the guitar, the cat looks up at the guy in the camera like he's really like like offended. But more than listen to this avid cat, the second line, he's a bright orange piece of crap. And <laughs> Why is that so funny? He is. I was dying. <laughs> but um, but talking about being overly earnest, that is one of the problems that people have with this song was the earnest way that Chad Kroger, the singer, would look at the camera, look at this photograph. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be singing that to Becky's cat. <laughs> look at this flipping cat. Oh yeah, I, I definitely will be. I'll Look sing it. where it took a crap. <laughs> oh, hey. are you all right over there? <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> uh, oh, Andy. Okay, onward. Onward. Mm. Um, <laughs> my last bit about Chad Kroger, and I don't like people ripping on somebody because they wrote a lot of songs that people liked, and I I don't have a huge problem with Nickelback. I just got burned out on it you know anyway anyway um there was this one meme where it shows this kid with chopsticks and he's eating ramen noodles but instead of ramen noodles it's actually chad kroger's head because his hair was looked like ramen noodles (laughs) (laughs) you'll have to later on you'll have to look for it um but now i take exception with this People might not like the next song, but daggone it. Mbop by Hanson. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. What? What? I, I know that the lyrics are, if you call them that, are dumb. But daggone, what a catchy tune. It is catchy. 
Yep. Oh, so um, I could kind of go through that, you know. Another one, uh, yeah, this is annoying. And no, I, I, I'm not going to. Yeah, Justin Bieber was annoying. And it wasn't his fault exactly. You know, he was made what he was. Yeah. And, um, but it, the baby, 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 oh, you know, it, it it's catchy pop schmaltz, but, you know, it, yeah, I see why it's annoying, why people, especially, um, the parents of the Utes, you know, those 10 year olds that had Bieber fever yeah. and probably heard that song on a loop. Um, let's see. Now, here is one that I am going to cast dispersion on. Um, one of my all-time favorite bands, The Police. Yes. Do-do-do-do-da-da-da got put on this list. Here we go. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you waiting for my rant? I am waiting for your rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, stand back. Okay, Do-do-do-do-da-da-da. If that is what you were hung up on, the title, yes, that is the refrain. But if you, but, but you missed the point. This is a very heady song. It's a repetitive riff. But uh, my my favorite, very deep line. Poets, priests, and politicians have words to think for their positions. Well, now, to be fair... I mean, the the description says in the last sentence, yet if one stops to hear the lyrical genius of Sting and the lines in between, it's impossible not to admire the yeah. song. Yeah, and that, he said he had the nonsensical title to counteract the weight in the, you know, mm. commentary he was see, he was laying down. Well, see, I, I mean, to me, it's it seems like okay, I've I've written this song and it's a little deep but I have nothing else to put in the chorus. And it reminds me of uh, a horse with no name. <laughs> and that one line about uh, being in the desert and seeing rocks and trees and clouds and, and, and things like <laughs> there things and things. I mean, you couldn't have done better than things. Well, I really clunked on you, didn't it? It did. I don't get it. I mean, surely if you'd spent that much time writing this deep song, you could have come up with something better. He should have said stuff. (laughs) Right. Or I don't know, but break a brack. Yeah. (laughs) Break a brack, fire crack, sis, boom, ball, bugs, bunny, bugs, bunny. (laughs) Caught you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) We are not serious people here. No, we're not. Um, but yeah, that, but, uh, you know, the repetitive, do, 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 da, 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 da. Um, I, I, I kind of understand it, but I don't know if it belongs on the same list with baby and who let the dogs out, you know? Okay. I have heard people have some very averse, um, reactions to this next one, but Ricky Martin's living La Vida Loca. Yeah, I don't think that cross. I mean, no, mind you, I wasn't listening to it all the time, but when it would come on, I, I it's not like I would start hurling or anything. It's not my favorite listing thing, but hey, I 
you know, I don't know if it falls under annoying so much as overplayed. Yeah, there there could be that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I think that those are two different things. There was a comedian, or somebody said like, "Huh, so you're the crossover Spanish, but you forgot like you're gonna sing the title and you know Spanish except for the word living." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and made me chuckle and think. So <laughs> uh, I do have that song to think. Um, that infamous uh, episode. Oh, geez. I should say episode. It's on an episode of Play It By Ear. But when our friend Damon um, stepped in cat poop at um, <laughs> at our friend Doug's yard and it found its way to the basketball game in the car that we were traveling in. And it was, but, um, and this song was popular, I think, would that happen or clip? But anyway, because um, all I could think of was I took out the words live in La Vida Loca to walk in the cat poop gauntlet. <laughs> walk in the cat poop gauntlet. And, and like, seriously, that's what <laughs> it's stupid. Yes, but that's what I think of. Continue. Um. Oh, wow. See, in true play by your fashion, I didn't get this far down. Sherry by the Four Seasons. Sherry! Sherry, baby! Yeah. Sherry! Yeah. It is what it is. That's 50s, you know. Doo-wop. Yeah, with vocal gymnastics. I have no problem with that. Now... I like me some Frankie Valley in the four seasons, but a little bit goes a long way. Yes. Um, so have you, have you gotten on YouTube and watched Frankie Valley sing lately? No. So there's a, a big controversy argument, whatever you want to call it, uh, amongst fans of, of his work that he, he lip syncs everything now in concert. I mean, the guy's 80, whatever years old, mm-hmm. he's still out touring and you watch him on YouTube and it, then this song in particular, I mean, to hit those high notes and the guy's mouth opens like this, this far. But if you watch the movie, Jersey boy, that's the way the actor did it too. Like that's actually how he turned his mouth into the instrument that can make that sound. That he like does this, yeah. Not to be confused with Peter Cetera's dad. <laughs> so I mean, you got Frankie Valley, like I said, who's eighty some years old, and you've got these back. I don't know if they're still. I, I don't know if there's the Four Seasons or whatever, but I mean, these guys are like, you know, lower thirties and buff. And yeah, doing the doo wop thing and yeah. But you know, I never feel that song annoying. No, but but I, like, but, like I, but I said it is what it is. I mean, yeah, I can understand why one who would not appreciate that genre might think it's you know a little bit annoying. But okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking overplayed. I'm not talking heard it too much. It took me three times. Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" is <laughs> flipping annoying. <laughs> Um, she is, she sings like an angel. Yes. 
But have you ever had a good movie that you kind of enjoy, but also annoys you? That's what Titanic is for me. Agreed. And um, especially the last half hour of it. Jack Rose. Jack Rose. Jack. Wait a minute. Jack. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it just is not um. This song takes me to those annoying moments of the movie. It doesn't take me to the more enjoyable parts. But, yeah, it just. We we will talk more about Titanic in a moment. Oh. So there's a a little little, uh, catch there for you. Gotcha. Um, All right. I'm getting kind of up on my time. I'll do a couple more. Um, Yeah. Karma Chameleon by Culture Club. I like that song. Catchy. Yeah. But made no sense. Well, you know, it did not make sense to me until a couple years ago. And then I figured it out. So Karma. Pray tell. Pray tell. See, karma or that that outlook of karma. And um, so I I think this person did good things and bad things. And they're a karma chameleon because good things will come back to them and bad things will come back to them. But they would change from that good to bad, which made them a karma chameleon. All right, then. Explain this line. (laughs) Loving would be easy if your colors are like my dreams. Red, gold, and green. That's Red, easy. Gold, and That's green. easy. He's me. dreaming he's in Ethiopia or Jamaica on a trip. And he's dreaming of being there. No, he's not. And red, gold, and green is, you know, the Bob Marley. It's the um, Ethiopian Rastafarian. So he probably just liked reggae music, was dreaming of Jamaica. And he was dreaming red, gold, and green. Pa. Ah, hey. Nonsensical, I say. I know, but I will tell you what. I tell you what. I think you were amazed that I put that together as well as I did. So is it is it is that is that true, John? Red, gold, and green equals Christmas. So he's dreaming of Christmas. That could be. Maybe. I mean that that's that would make more sense than anything I can think of, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and Emma, I think you know, I think we've kind of reached the end of this topic, but um I'll leave it the one that is usually at the top of lists of annoying songs. But Billy Ray Cyrus, my achy breaky heart. Heart. Yes. It is hard to argue. It has everything that I dislike. It has line dancing associated with it and a line dancing fad. It is. Co- oh, what? Go ahead. <laughs> You're bracing yourself for something. It, it, it has um, faux. Country sensibilities that is insulting 
down home country while I wear my $5,000 jeans and have my hairdresser quaff my mullet to perfection. So no, not buying it. Not for a buck. <laughs> and, um, but we always had another name for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but yeah. And there was also the fact, Oh, I, I wasn't even done ranting. Um, the, the, um, and this isn't fair to say he's not talented. The man's acting in movies. He's writing songs. I just didn't particularly enjoy his music output. But the guy's got a lot of talent. But the packaged, you know, the pre-packaged, let's see what the country fans like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get a Chippendales dancer, give them a mullet, put them in boots, and have them scoot in a line. <laughs> so there we go. And you have Belly Ray Cyrus. I can't. I can't believe you're quitting already. There's so many great things on this list that are just awful. Oh well, uh, I mean, I could go. I'm. I'm not. Uh, okay, let let me let me. All right. First of all, <laughs> gotta scroll back up. I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. I've I've seen many many bad ones here. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Macarena on this list. Now we've talked uh, about the Macarena before. Your, yeah, your discovery of the Macarena before it was discovered here in this nation. Yeah, I was on spring break in the Cancuns, in in uh, when I got out of college, and um, that song was big in Mexico, the original, and everybody was dancing to this song. I was like, "What the heck's going on here?" So it was just one of those things associated with fun memory. So yeah, there's this song that everybody was dancing, and then it became what it was yeah the ymca factor and that has double meaning where a song is so overplayed and gets so novelty that it becomes a thing that children do at ymcas yes so the macarena is definitely one of those songs Indeed. So baby, um, baby shark, baby shark. Well, see, no, 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 that's going on. That that's not a pop song. It that, that, says that, most that, annoying songs, right? No, this actually says most annoying pop songs. The domesticated okay. companion. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, Barney, I love you, is also on this list. Oh. Do you remember his alternate lyrics to that? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I hate you. You hate me. We're a dysfunctional family. <laughs> uh, uh, so you, you, okay, like, so you had some up at the top, which I, I needed to talk about here. So there was Afternoon Light. See, I'm too young for that. Like, I know it's supposed to be a one one hand one hit wonder, and I, I had really never even really heard Afternoon Delight until it came back with what was an Anchorman or something. Well, I don't know, but yeah, it was an Anchorman. Um, yeah. So the song being about um, 
having a little frolic relations <laughs> relations yes uh final countdown by europe again i think fall played more so than annoying yeah see the thing that the people that knocked that song and they must have all got the same what do you call it um talking points they say the bombastic Teutonic keyboard riff. Like trying to throw in some Nazi implications, and that bothers me. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that. I, I, I've heard, seen that term, Teutonic, mentioned a few times. How, how would that be? Well, I think they're saying it sounds like the music that Hitler's, um, you know, military parade you know, their patriotic Nazi songs I, I think had that effect. The serious reach, serious reach. But the, but the reason it's stuck in my mind is I've, you know, seen it more than once. So anyway, uh, I don't get that, but okay. Nine. <laughs> nine. Nine. All right. So uh, we may revisit that topic at some point. There's a lot there. Still to, lot there, still to there. unwrap. We got a lot of there there. John, this Barney does not like Barney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, once again, visit our website. If you'd like a t shirt, go to the website. Click on they're the in store. my trunk. I'll yes, deliver them. them. They're in the they're in the menu under store. Click on that. Click on the picture of the t-shirt at the bottom of the page. And you can have your very own play by ear. Soft tea. The velvety touch. Because <laughs> that's the sound the velvety touch makes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not impaired, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I think we got a case of the uh, the got a, got a case of something. something. All right, so my turn. Yeah. So I told you we would talk about Titanic again here momentarily. <laughs> so the topic is unbelievable fan theories about iconic movies. Now we have oh, talked yeah. about this in regard to. Uh, TV shows. We've had a, a topic about that prior to today. But uh, now we're going to delve into some movie fan theory. And and some of this really makes you think. I mean, it, it, it could be uh, things that would that would make sense. All right. Eric, so, Eric yeah. I, I don't want to be like condescending to our audience here. But yeah. when we're thinking about fan theory, it's more than just a fan theory. Fan theory is a whole like subset and genre, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Where extreme fans of a particular, you know, movie, um, TV show, and they um, come up with the, these like really elaborate, you know, they're more than just flittering thoughts. Yeah. Does that make? Yeah, they're 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 like they have a, a lot of a uh, lot of meat on the bones, so to speak. Yeah. And they go into very detailed. Um, stories almost about where these movies and tv shows go so i told you we would talk about titanic so we'll start with titanic 
So, uh, we know Titanic, uh, Hollywood movie based upon the sinking of the real ship hitting an iceberg. Uh, but the people involved for the most part, although I think it does mention some real people, uh, the main characters are fictional, fictional, uh, Jack and Rose being the do and Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, Kate <laughs> <Be nice. laughs> uh, so Jack dies, uh, sinks in the, in the ocean, the cold the boat ocean. sinks. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Right. All right. So some fans believe that Jack really was not on the ship and he was just Rose's imaginary friend. Was it some evidence for this? Rose was so unhappy in her relationship with uh, what was his name? Cal? Billy Zane. But Billy Zane was the actor. I think Cal was the name of the character. So unhappy with that relationship and unhappy with her privileged life that she created this guy in her mind. So she could be slumming it. Yeah, right. Not privileged. Um, Raw. Basically, the antithesis of her own life. So, proof of that. I mean, it doesn't really give any proof of okay. that, but it is something to think about. It is. So, so she ends up in in floating on the on the piece of wood there in the ocean, and Jack's holding on, and then she finally lets Jack go. I mean, could that be her letting go of this imaginary thing in her mind? I mean, her. She she felt at that point she could re reinvent Re-inter- her life, yeah. Because everyone else involved in her unhappiness was gone, she thought. Although I think Cal ended up on a boat and he lived, but she could go reinvent herself. So now she could let yeah. Jack go and go back to uh, go on to New York and and reinvent herself. Something to think about. It is definitely there's, there's some sense to that. There's some sense to that. Okay, Shrek. Okay, we know about Shrek on the surface, uh, animated movie, uh, beloved. Uh, you know, we are we're fans of Mike Myers. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the character characterizations in Shrek came about prior to, and uh, so I married an axe murderer. So we kind of saw the the seeds of that being planted there back then. But uh, so uh, looking at Donkey. So Donkey voiced by Eddie Murphy. Donkey. So Donkey may have originated from Pinocchio. So if you think back to the story of Pinocchio, mischievous boys are taken to Pleasure Island and turned into donkeys as punishment for their bad behavior. So Donkey and Shrek could have been a boy in Pinocchio that was taken to the island and turned into a donkey. Wowzers. That is some food for thought. It is. All right. So next. Now there, there are some other things on this list here. I'm only going to speak to the ones that I've actually seen. And can, like there was a Harry Potter one. I'm not seeing any oh, Harry Potter movies. But... Love the Harry Potter movies. You've not seen one of them? No. Not <sighs> one. You should. Yeah. Is it one of those things that it's not that you have a problem with it? You're just having. It's it's, it's not in my. Ah, uh, your wheelhouse of genres. Exactly. 
All right, so moving on to The Dark Knight, the origins of the Joker. All right, so uh, we know Joker played by Heath Ledger there um, shortly before his death. And um, a lot of people would say that maybe playing that character was something that drove him toward the edge, that uh, he, was a, he was a method actor. So he would take on the, the uh, characteristics of the part he was or the role he was playing. So. Uh, this movie, The Dark Knight, portrays Joker as an expert in explosives and firearms and someone with impressive fighting skills. So what if he is an ex-soldier with PTSD who has gone rogue? What if he is the soldier from Full Metal Jacket? Ah. He's called Joker. Oh. 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 <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. It's even better than the theory <laughs> on this site. I don't know, Matthew Modine. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe that that's a good one. We we should put that out there. Vietnam drove him crazy. He comes back to to the states, the Gotham City, right? I like it. Although in the movie they don't call Gotham City, so that's their only hole in our argument. True. All right, Back to the Future. So, again, we all know about Back to the Future, iconic movie, 1985. Um, Michael J. Fox's character travels back in time, uh, makes sure that his mother and father get together at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. So, what we don't know much about in Back to the Future is Doc Brown. What's his backstory? Mm -hmm. Maybe, <laughs> this is a good one. Maybe Doc Brown is actually Marty from the future and he's trying to fix mistakes from his past. Doc never ages. Looks the same in 1955 as he does in 1985. Uh, he's very concerned about the future of Marty's children because they are his children. And he worries about interfering with the space-time continuum because he doesn't want to jeopardize his own existence. I'm sure if I rewatched and got it fresh in my head, but right now that sounds pretty plausible and awesome. I only find one hole in that whole theory. When he goes back in Back to the Future 2 to 1955, yeah. he, encounters, he encounters himself. Oh, true. One could argue that they just made the sequels because the first was successful, but in the original storytelling. Could be. Could be. Could be. All right. Blair Witch Project. Yeah. So, first of all, being truthful, when you first saw the Blair Witch Project, did you think it was a real thing? No. Because I'd read the scuttlebutt on it, it was, but it was one of the first ones to make you think it was a real thing. And people who didn't read the papers or anything, read the papers, um, the they might have missed it. True. All right. So uh, again, that's a movie you never see. Re like you don't see that like on 
the movie channels or anything. I mean, you just don't see it anymore. No, because people do it on YouTube all the time. Oh, is that what it is? Well, I mean, there's, you know, people make their own little things like that. True. <laughs> Samantha says she slept through Blair Witch. <laughs> so I guess you really were not intrigued by it at all. All right. So uh, the three students who are investigating the Blair Witch get killed by the legend. <clears throat> All right, uh, they they say, people who have this theory, say instead it was an elaborate plan by Josh and Mike to kill Heather and get away with it. I don't know, just reading it. I don't know about that one. Yeah, that that's a little thin. That's real thin. Anorexic. Uh, all right, Greece, and we may have touched. Uh, we, we we've touched on this one, yes, yeah. yeah. But 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 we'll revisit it here just quickly. Um, now th- this one takes a little different bend to it because I think when we talked about it before, uh, Sandy, Sandy dies. She drowns. Yeah, she drowns in Australia. And all that was her, her, uh, her heaven. Yeah, right. Uh, this particular theory um, says that the entire story of the movie is actually Sandy's coma fantasy. She actually, uh, she didn't die. She just went into a coma. But I mean, same idea, I guess. All right. <clears throat> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. Grandpa Joe. Okay, Grandpa Joe spends his days lying in bed ill only to miraculously get better once his grandson Charlie wins the golden ticket. Then he makes Charlie sign the contract without reading it first. He even convinces Charlie to try the fizzy lifting drinks, which breaks Wonka's rules and nearly cost him his shot at winning the factory. So Grandpa Joe was the biggest villain in Willy Wonka rather than Willy Wonka. Hmm. That even for all his niceness, he was kind of a scam artist. Self-serving? Yeah. All right. Big Lebowski. No. <laughs> Did you ever notice how Donnie never interacts with anyone but Walter in the Big Lebowski? Even when he tries to say something to the dude, he's ignored. Also, Walter always tells him to be quiet. Again, maybe it's because Donnie isn't there. Donnie actually died in Vietnam. Walter couldn't cope with the death of his friend, so he just acted like he was still around. Even Steve Buscemi, who plays Donnie, approved the theory at one reunion by saying Donnie is just a figment of Walter's imagination. That's brilliant. It is brilliant. The Big Lebowski, I like the movie, but you talk about a cult movie. The people that love The Big Lebowski love The Big Lebowski. Yep. They feel about 
the way I feel about Dazed and Confused. Right. Where I absorb all things about the movie and Rebbit, but like they're big, you know, it was chuckle worthy and different, but it just didn't, you know, rise to that level with me. Correct. Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. All right. The, the, what, what, one of the more intriguing aspects of this movie is the briefcase that Vincent and Jules are tasked with retrieving. Yeah. We never learned about anything uh, regarding what is inside of it, except that it glows. Naturally, many theories about the contents of this briefcase exist. However, the most popular one argues that it contains the soul of Marcellus Wallace, the central antagonist of the movie. Marcellus sold his soul to the devil in exchange for becoming a successful gangster. The evidence for this is the briefcases. How do you unlock the briefcase? What's the code? Do you remember? Not off the top of my head. 666. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Daggone, man. These are amazing. They are amazing. All right, Cinderella. Okay, we all, again, we all know the story of Cinderella. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes the quartet to the ball. from Philadelphia, goes on to open up for Bon Jovi, and yeah, 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 it's yeah. with night songs. Where they were... I didn't, yeah. I didn't know they were from Philadelphia. Yep. How about that? All right. So uh, if you rewatch Cinderella as an adult, uh, there are some glaring plot holes in this movie, including everything about Cinderella changes after midnight, except one thing. Do you remember what that one thing is? I don't. Her shoes. Oh, this can be explained. The fairy godmother wanted Cinderella to have a happy life, not just a one night experience. So everything that happened was part of her plan to get Cinderella and the prince together and to set them up for a happily ever after. Hmm. Intriguing. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Clueless and Legally Blonde. <laughs> yes, John, that's good. The shoes were Cinderella's name image likeness for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Main characters in the movies Clueless and Legally Blonde. Cher and L are both smart. They have similar backgrounds. Their personalities are very similar. Is that a coincidence? Legally Blonde, according to this theory, is a secret clueless sequel. The timelines of the movies perfectly line up. After the events in Clueless, Cher decides to realize her potential finish law school and become a lawyer like her father, but she changed her name as she wanted to make it on her own. <laughs> Uh, that's a little thin. Thin. Yeah. Not, not outrageous. Uh, now this is one that kind of borderlines on outrageous to me. So, so why? Um, because Cher was the epitome of Southern California, Beverly Hills girl. 
And L does not seem like that. L seems like um, East Coast aristocracy and, you know, society. Different vibe. That's the fair. California vibe and the East Coast vibe. That's fair. All right. The Adams family. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Many weird things about the Adams family. <laughs> you think? One of those weird things is that they have a hard time getting injured or killed, especially when they're trying to harm each other. According to one theory, the members of the Adams family are unable to kill each other because of their curse. Each time they try, the curse changes the chain of events and the other person remains unscathed. That's some deep thought, but I don't know if I, it doesn't, it doesn't sing to me. Fair enough. All right. Peter Pan. Uh, story of Peter Pan has been told numerous ways, numerous times. Um, we're talking about the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Now it, it comes off as being very wholesome. Yeah. Not everyone buys that. It's wholesome. There are quite a few people who believe that Peter Pan kills lost boys once they grow up. Those who manage to escape join Captain Hook, who is himself a former lost boy, and become pirates. Shut your mouth. (laughs) I don't know. I, I... No, 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 no. I cannot accept that. <laughs> Why not? It, it, it's it's too just just messes with your. Uh... It it does. That just seems like a parallel universe. You know, kind of. Uh, I'm not saying it's not very intelligent and well thought out, but whoever thought of that, I probably don't want to invite them to my home. <laughs> All right, Home Alone. Here we go. All right. So we know how Home Alone goes. Kevin uh, McAllister uh, finds a lot of ways to deal with the robbers that are trying to get into the house. The wet bandits. Right. So Kevin is a grown-up. A theory argues that Kevin grew up to become Jigsaw from the Saw movies. What? They're they're both great at making traps, and they have a knack for hurting people. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's like saying the Winnie the Pooh becomes that new movie coming out bare on cocaine. (laughs) Maybe so. That's a real move. I, I messaged you guys about that last night. It's like, that's just so it's based on a true story too. So like a plane crashes, some drug dealers and um, Yogi gets a big old kilo of toot and um, goes on a rampage. And it's like so absurd. It's kind of like snakes on a plane. Uh, all right. Uh, this next one, I think we may have talked about before. 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh. All right. Yes, Sarah. So again, oh yeah. So again, yeah, we we know the story. Uh, Ferris and Cameron and Bueller. Yeah, that his camera uh, Ferris's girlfriend all skip school and um, do what they do during that day. Go to Cubs games, parades, and whatnot. They ate pancreas. <laughs> all right, so there's a theory that everything in this movie is Cameron's daydream. Now that's not a stretch. He's just lying in his bed, imagining the whole thing. Ferris Bueller isn't real and is someone Cameron wishes he could be. I find that one to be very believable. Yeah, I do too. I do too. The only thing the whole movie is, um, you know, we are not introduced to Cameron until much later. You know, well, I mean, I shouldn't say much later, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So this next one's a good one, and and it's something I've actually thought about myself and I, before I even saw it here. But Forrest Gump. All right, so we know how Forrest Gump goes at the end of the movie. Forrest Gump meets Jenny once again. Jenny has a child, so Jenny dies from AIDS not long after she gives birth to to the boy but what if the boy was not Forrest's son what if Jenny tricked Forrest into thinking that he was so he would raise the kid when she died because she knew she was going to die yeah I, I've seen many, I don't even want to call them fan theories, but a lot of, a lot of comments where Jenny's a piece of work in a negative way. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's what made me think of that myself. You know, we have no reason to trust Jenny. Jenny has not <laughs> given us any reason to trust her at all. Correct. So why would she tell the truth about that? True. True. But uh, that that's something I could probably, you know, yeah, I could go and, along with that one. And, and, and Forrest took every word that she said as gospel. Yep. So he said that that was his kid. So be it. All right. Here's one I haven't heard. This, this is good too. Wizard of Oz. Oh. Okay. So we know uh, when Dorothy landed in Oz... She met Glinda, the good witch. Mm -hmm. And uh, Glinda kind of set her on her way to Oz, trying to find her way back home to Kansas. Um, So Glinda is seen as being, again, a good witch. However, some fans believe that Glinda is the villain. Glinda wants to rule Oz and is using innocent Dorothy to do her dirty work. They point out that Glinda does not have a real-life counterpart like other characters, and she doesn't tell Dorothy that slippers can send her home. Hmm. So Dorothy killed the Wicked Witch of the East, killed the Wicked Witch of the West, supplanted Oz from his perch. 
The coup d'etat. Who, who's, who's, who's left? Glinda. In the Scarecrow. Yeah, true. Because he had a brain then. Yes. All right, Miss Wilson. Uh, she has a counterpoint to the Forrest Gump. Jenny would not have had to lie to Forrest because he would have taken care of her child no matter the father. That's a fair point. A, but 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 if she would not have told him there was this that he was the father, the authorities would have taken the child because he was a mentally disabled man. But if it was told that it was his child, the authorities wouldn't you know press as hard. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I just thought of that. I'm not even yeah. trying to be funny. That just kind of dinged in. <clears throat> Or, or, or people who are not honest and are duplicitous think that other people are the same way. So even though Jenny knows that Forrest is not like that, she can't take that chance. So she has to lie to him because she knows he'll believe her. He's a decent man. He is a decent man. All right. Bruce Almighty. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know Morgan Freeman played the role of God. Uh-huh. Some fan theory, however, believes that Morgan Freeman was, in fact, Mephistopheles, Satan, See, the devil. Mr. Mephistopheles. <laughs> All right, now think about this. Bruce gets godlike powers and proceeds to wreak havoc for the better part of the movie. Does God stop him from doing God? Quotes. Does God stop him from wreaking havoc? The answer to that is no. God does not. Because God gives everyone free will. Well, God watches this chaos unfold. Sounds like something the devil would enjoy and would want mm -hmm. to happen. So Morgan hmm. Freeman could, in fact, be the devil. Interesting. Don't buy it, but interesting. Yeah, another way to look at it. All right. Again, I'm trying. Okay. Groundhog Day. <laughs> All right. Uh, Groundhog Day, we uh, know, is a movie with Bill Murray. Uh, he's, get, he's caught in a time loop. So he... Uh, goes to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, ends up repeating Groundhog Day over and over and over again. Um, lives that same day repeatedly. We never find out why it happens or how it happens. Some believe that Ned Ryerson, so this guy, hey, Phil, it's Ned. Remember that guy, that character? Yeah. Some believe Ned Ryerson caused it all as a way to teach Phil a lesson for insulting him on the street. One hint is the watch-your-step warning that Ned issues Phil after they part ways. The other is that Phil manages to escape the loop only after buying life insurance from Ned. Huh. To me, that seems like it's a neat theory, 
but I think a left-handed cigarette was consumed when somebody came up with that one. Um, that 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 seems like the musings of someone that is, you know, had the devil's lettuce. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, do you think like the people who write these scripts see some of these theories and think, man, that huh. that, that 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 would work? Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't absolutely. think absolutely. So yeah, so that's that's my list. Like I said, there were others on the list. I couldn't really speak to them because I hadn't really seen them myself, but. uh um, some things, like I said, to me could be very plausible. And like yeah. you said, some of them were very thin, but, uh, food some for thought. Good thought. Yes, absolutely. That was enjoyable. Yeah, it was. It's going to get me thinking. Yeah. There's a couple of them that I'm going to, you know, keep me up a little bit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once again, visit our website www.playbyyourpodcast.com. A lot of information about our show there, um, and, and including our isms, our uh, dictionary of uh, terms that we use on the show that you may not understand until you read said dictionary. Even though I don't eat it, I fixed the fam some harish tonight. Harish. Some fist. Fist. <laughs> Does your house smell like fist? Now I, I did an air fryer for him, and so it kind of reduces the fish of funkalus. Gotcha. All right, so that rounds out episode one eighteen. Uh, once again, the audio version of our podcast will come out Friday morning at three a.m. Uh, that can be found at our home site, Anchor.fm. Also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app, and most anywhere else you can find an audio podcast. Uh, by the way, if you uh, look on Spotify, you can also find it on video there as well. In addition to Spotify, you can find it on video on YouTube on our Play It By Ear podcast channel. You can also find it on Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Uh, only archived there for a couple weeks, so... Uh, Gotta watch it quick if you want to use that particular platform. Social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All those uh, links are on our website at playitbyyearpodcast.com. If you'd like to interact via email, go to admin at playitbyyearpodcast.com. You can also leave a voice message for us. Click the link at your podcast provider if you are on the iHeartRadio app. There's a microphone that says talk back. Click on that. You can leave us a voice message. We'll put it right into the audio podcast. Brady, anything else for the good of the order? No, sir. I think we're ready to pull this wagon out of the station. All righty, then. Join us next week for episode 119. Take us out. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.